Hi everybody, I'm Dr. Mila Brugic and I'm joined today by Dr. Jeff Gerson on the Optometric Insights Show. So Dr. Gerson, uh, super, super excited to have you here. You know, I, I still remember, and I think probably the first time we met was um, around ocular nutrition and your, your, your level of knowledge is next level when it comes to really kind of what's needed for retinal care. I, 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 I think of a few people when I think of like the true experts in the profession on various places in the eye. And, um, and every time anything comes up retina, you're, you're the guy that I'm thinking about, Jeff. And, and I know that you are a massive um, advocate on um, the OD's role in retinal disease. I mean, you've worked in a variety of settings and uh, you've just always had this um, really all-inclusive perspective on optometry, really practicing full scope. Jeff, I mean, as we look forward to the next year, five, 10 years, what do you think our role is, optometries in particular, um, in terms of managing retinal disease? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity and, and glad to be able to have this, this fun time with you. Um, you know, I think the next you know, few years, a decade in retina care is gonna be really exciting. Because I think the big push is decrease on burden of care on patients. And so what that means is less need for treatments, which means that patients don't necessarily need to be going to a retina specialist every time they get seen. And so I think that for any optometrist that's wanting to be more involved, I think that that will probably be a welcome thing, both by patients and the retina specialist. So I, so I really do think that for optometrists that want to have a more active role, in caring for their patients with retinal diseases, even those needing treatments, I think it's going to be an exciting time to be able to be more involved in that care. Yeah, I, I remember a time, Jeff, it was interesting. So I graduated in 2002, which seems just like yesterday, but it's, you know, it's 19 years. My, my optometry career is officially legal to drink in um, Ontario, Canada now. It's 19 <laughs> years old. But, but Jeff, like it's, it's changed so much. I've seen this kind of super massive transition where, you know, Physicians always used to think of ophthalmology as that individual that cared for the diabetic patient and, and cared for retinal care. And now, now that's us. And even the retinologists, they don't necessarily want to see the wellness checks. They, they, they really need to preserve their time so that they're treating disease. Um, do you see optometry even becoming more involved in retinal care to ease some of that retinal burden as time goes on to the retinal specialists? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I really do. Uh, for a number of reasons. You know, I think we need to think of, uh, in particular, retina specialists as what they are, and that's really skilled surgeons, and that they want to be doing procedures, and they'd rather be doing procedures and the things that we're not able to do. And so I think there's definitely going to be a need, especially as we see more and more people with diabetes, and less and less retina specialists in general. That just means that these patients are going to need to go elsewhere. And so there are enough optometrists to help with that burden. So again, I think that I think we'll be more involved in really, in particular, in diabetes, helping to take care of patients and helping to determine when it is they actually need a referral. You know, an interesting thing is historically, and, and you and I graduate school about the same time, but when we finished our schooling, the need for fluorescent angiography was something that patients had done all the time, and that's something that most of us as optometrists either can't or don't do. And now the mainstay of testing and retinal care is OCT, whether it's OCT or OCT and geography. And those are, those are tests we can do in our offices. So 
Now we're at a point where we can do most of the same testing that our patients would have at a specialist office. And so it really gives a great opportunity for us to be able to provide excellent care for our patients. It's amazing, Jeff. I, I remember in school, so um, there was a professor that came over from Harvard. He actually showed us images from the precursor to time domain OCT, what we actually had access to in our practices. And I remember as a student thinking, we're, we're never going to need this technology in primary care. And we have one in every single one of our offices. Um, couple that with the fact that macular degeneration is one of these conditions that um, as it progresses, it can, it can steal somebody's sight. And again, you, you, just, you just see these people progressing and progressing. And I think this concept of wellness and earlier detection and preventative care is, is becoming much more important. And I think as more people become aware of the visually devastating effects of this condition, more people's ears are starting to say, all right, what, what can I do to help prevent serious disease? Jeff, are there technologies that like kind of get you excited about um, early detection of AMD and what, what, what you think our role is as optometry in catching these individuals early so that we can maybe change the trajectory of the course of the disease? Yeah, great question. So I think, you know, macular degeneration is one of the things that our older patients worry about the most because everybody knows somebody that has it. Everybody thinks they know somebody that, that went blind or lost vision from it. So it's, in our patient's mind, this is an absolutely real disease that, that scares them. And so I look at macular degeneration as an opportunity and from a couple of different perspectives. And the way that I think that we as the primary eye care providers should look at macular degeneration is different than the way that a retina specialist looks at it. Retina specialists look at it as, well, does this person need treatment that they provide like injections? And our question should be, how can we prevent our patients from ever needing that? The drugs that are available if someone needs injections are so much better than they were 15 years ago, but still not nearly as good as not ever needing those injections. So that, that's where I see us as fitting in really early, early on in the process. It starts with any younger patient just helping to educate them. Family history that puts you at risk and discuss healthy lifestyle habits. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about that I use in my practice extensively is dark adaptation testing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the earliest way to find macular degeneration before there's any clinical sign. And so what I tell my patients all the time is we discuss macular degeneration. I tell them, if you go and see 10 other eye doctors, they'll all tell you that I'm nuts, that they don't see anything. But I say, but that's the good news about our visit today, is that we're finding something before you can see it, before it creates problems for you. And then we have a discussion about the, you know, the early interventions that we can do, lifestyle, supplements, exercise, just living healthy. And I think most patients really appreciate that. And so I think that's a, a, a fantastic opportunity for us because, again, as our, as our patient populations age, macular degeneration is something we should be seeing on a very regular basis. There, we should all have about three times as many AMD patients in our office as we do glaucoma patients. The difference is for all of our patients, we're looking at optic nerve, we're checking pressure, and oftentimes doing some sort of screening visual fields. Where with AMD, we're just, many people just look at the macula and if it looks okay, we assume it's not there. So we're not looking as hard. So I would just say that I think, you know, as we look harder, we find more, we intervene early. And, and again, I think that's, it's a great opportunity, not just for us, but for our patients. 
You know, Jeff, it's you're 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 so spot on. So two things I really respect about you. One, you have your pulse on exactly what's new in retinal care. Um, the second thing is your clinician. So you you're very relatable. We um we just actually got um, new retinal imaging system in our practices, and you know. I consider myself a very astute observer of the retina, but when you sometimes see some of these images come out of those screenings, it's, it's, um, it's, it's unbelievable what you can sometimes see in these images. And it just totally changes your perspective. Um, you know, the other thing I would add to that is in kind of your point is there was a study just a couple of years ago where the study's aim was to see if clinicians see macular degeneration. Yeah. And because they were told, you know, examine patients. All you need to do is tell us is AMD there or not and take a photo. And a quarter of the patients that were designated as normal showed AMD on the photo. So to your point, sometimes it's easier to see on photos, but oftentimes it's easy to miss. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's tricky. And I think that's what um, a lot of times kind of frightens all of us a little bit about retinal disease is how easy it can be to miss it if we're not really paying attention and taking advantage of some of the diagnostic equipment, like, like what you're mentioning. Yeah. But Jeff, like you said too, when you embrace the technology um, and you know how to utilize it, you catch these patients earlier and you can change the trajectory of disease. So Jeff, one other quick question too, because I know this is such a big issue and just the prevalence of diabetes is increasing. What do you view as our role, the, the optometrist role in, in the total diabetic care kind of of that patient? Yeah, so I think one thing that I would tell you that may be a little bit different perspective than other people is, you know, the obvious answer is if someone has diabetic retinopathy or other diabetic eye disease to identify that and to educate our patients about that. But I think if that's, if that's our only focus, that we're, that we're kind of, we're, we're missing the big picture. And the reason I say that is because if someone's diabetes is not well controlled, ultimately they're going to have other problems, whether it's with their eyes, their kidneys or something else. So I go, I ask my patients with diabetes a lot more questions maybe than some other doctors do. I ask them all about, you know, do you know what a continuous glucose monitor is? Do you have one? Um, you know, if they're taking insulin, do you use an insulin pump? Has your doctor talked to you about? I, every, every visit, I try to ask them about something different. And what I'm trying to do is really to uh, find out and help educate my patients to understand that good diabetes care ultimately equals good eye care. Or maybe it's vice versa. Good eye care for patients with diabetes equals good diabetes care. And so I just think that, that it's important to really integrate eye care with, I guess, whole body care, because that's how you get good results. Um, and it's, it's really interesting to really ask patients those kinds of questions and to find out and to sometimes have the opportunity to educate them. And, you know, I know I've done my job and someone says, boy, I, I wasn't expecting to talk about that or thanks for telling me about that. Yeah, it, uh, I think too, Jeff, it instills um, a deeper relationship with you and the patient as well, too, when you have the opportunity to do that. Well, uh, Jeff, I, I'd love to spend the rest of the afternoon kind of just, just talking with you and catching up with you. Um, unfortunately, we're out of time, Jeff. Really really appreciate your time and really appreciate you, the audience joining us today and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Um, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insights Show.